Let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Mickey Up and Fries movie podcast. This is Gavin here. And this is Ian over here. And we're gonna just talk to you about some movie related shit. You need to get your energy levels up for these intros. These suck. Yeah, you know, I, I like all this self-criticism. Like people listening to this for the first time, they're like, yeah, good dude, they start reviewing themselves <laughs> before the first time. They, 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 start, they start reviewing themselves before they even get anywhere. <laughs> Guy says like, "Hey, welcome to the show," and the other guy's like, "Dude, your energy levels suck." This is the jazz hour. <laughs> you know, when I, I, you know, I'd go to the theater so much more if actors did that to each other. <laughs> in the middle, of the, in the middle of the show, it's like, "Dude, can you speak up? Your energy levels suck." <laughs> dude, dude, you're off your mark, dude. <laughs> That's not your line, all right. You know? That's not your line. I'm gonna go back and do it right, all right. I just want the audience to know what happened. Sorry, he fucked up. Yeah. We are a Ramshackapod movie podcast. On this week's show, we'll be going to movie news and we'll be reviewing Calvary, Coherence, Cinderella, and Chappie. Yes. That's got to be the C word is the name of this type of podcast. It is, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a shame, can't do that more often. Yeah. <laughs> We're not, it's already in that control. Okay, well, moving on to uh, news first. Uh, well, before we do any of that, if you'd like to uh, contact us, you can uh, email us at podcast at mcyappenfries.com. That's podcast at mcyappenfries.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mcyappenfries, and we're also on Facebook. That's right. Yep. So, yeah, news. Well, uh, uh, something that I thought was uh, interesting was the, the whole thing with Mission Impossible that uh, Christopher McQuarrie decided to clarify um, uh, what was going on with the ending for Mission Impossible 5. What? I didn't hear this at all. Oh no! A while back, they, uh, there was this report saying that uh, production on Mission Impossible Five had um, uh, been uh, uh, shut down mm-hmm. and shut down so they could quote figure out the ending, uh, and there wasn't much uh, there wasn't much else said about it. So a lot of people just assumed that like oh fuck they must have gone in with a maybe uh, incomplete script or whatever yeah. they didn't quite know how to end the film. So uh, Christopher McQuarrie recently. Um, you know, went on record to just to, just to clarify a few other things. You know, not just that, but also uh, how come um, Maggie Q didn't come back? How come Paula Patton didn't come back? Yeah. And just to talk about when they uh, the, the overall tone of the film. Yeah. And so he's in damage control. Yes, but he was basically saying that the ending of the movie was not didn't have to be rewritten or it didn't have to be reshot. It had to be prepped. Um, and then that's and that they're shooting the ending right now. So it's some big crazy special effects thing with Tom Cruise putting his life in danger. Possibly, possibly. Uh, but the thing I don't understand about that is that um, shouldn't that be prepped before you shoot anyway? Yeah. Does uh, does this? What's that word I'm looking for? Like oh, yeah, pre- pre-production. <laughs> <laughs> so, so something went. Something. Directing this is Brad Bird. No. No, 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 this is uh, Christopher McCoy. Oh, Christopher McCoy, himself was working, right? Director of uh, The Way of the Gun, director of Jack Reacher. So is he like on the what he thought was the last day of shoot, and he's going around saying like, yeah. you, got, you, you got scripts, you got more pages than I do. <laughs> it's like, we didn't prep for this. <laughs> we, why, why, why wasn't I told about this? And then the Lord Xenu comes out of the earth and returns? <laughs> what? You know that like Tom Cruise just turned up one day with like a whole bunch of storyboards. <laughs> Look what I got. <laughs> This is this is the new ending. <laughs> Make it work. 
Jack Reacher bombed, motherfucker. Yeah. You, you didn't have to get this job. Yeah. I got you this job, and I want this prepped. <laughs> With this big shit-eating grin. But they didn't like, say, so it's like, it's not, it's just, it, is, it must be a stunt then, right? I have no idea. I'm just saying what was reported and what is now being said. That's uh, the uh, the official subtitle of the film and the trailer are coming soon, according to him. Uh, he said that Paul Patton... It doesn't matter what the subtitle of the film is. Ghost know. Protocol... Just call it Mission Impossible 5. What was 4? What was 3? Three was uh, Mission Impossible Three. Yeah, <laughs> it was only it was only with the fourth one that came. Ghost up Protocol. With that stupid. Which means fucking nothing. It doesn't you know? I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's Mission Impossible Four. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Paula Patton and Maggie Q did not come back because yeah. apparently they were not available. But Peg is. Uh, Peg is coming back. Yes, uh, Jeremy Renner is coming back. Ving Rhames is coming back. Apparently, Ving Rhames will have more screen time than he did in Ghost Protocol. They've been telling them that since the first one. Yeah, um, and apparently uh, Simon Pegg's character is gonna really gonna get his hands dirty this time round. Hmm. Um, wasn't he saying that on the press tour for the last one? Uh, I don't. He get, no, he, in the last one, he, he said that like uh, this time Benji gets to shoot a gun. Ah, that's what he said. Um, fuck, how sad are we? Like, we remember what he said on <laughs> the press tour. I remember that. What was I doing on Tuesday? No. I don't know. I don't know. You know? Uh, well, the composer, uh, Joe Kramer, who did the music for Jack Reacher, according to Prisma McQuarrie, he's the, the score is going uh, full retro. Okay. And uh, that there will be some um, there will be some scoreless action sequences that McQuarrie, uh, that McQuarrie has become known for now. Okay. That'll be interesting, because like, Black Hat had that with the... Uh... I quite like scoreless action sequences. Well, especially, and especially in Black Hat, because the music just drifted away without you realizing it. And yeah. then... They were shooting around. There was a gunfight by shipping containers yeah. that were basically paper. Those weren't offering any cover at all. Yeah. But the noise of gunfire and the bullets going through those things was deafening. It was it was great. Yeah. One of the few good things in that movie. Actually, I quite like uh, I quite like it when a movie doesn't have a score. Mm. Like uh, my like my interest in Castaway started to go downhill once they brought the score back into the film. Yeah. You know, it's like this. So suddenly you realize how manipulative music is when you sat through an entire two-hour film without any music. We'll get to that in Chappie as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, and also there'll be a lot of um, sp specific Brian De Palma references in this one. Okay. So yeah, he's giving us a lot of information. That he doesn't really need to. That he doesn't really need to. When the real question was, uh, how, come you, how come you guys didn't know what the ending was? Yeah. <laughs> was Michael Bay working on this? No, but Michael Bay's uh, new movie sounds very interesting. What's that? The one, uh, what was it, uh, 13 something. Can't <laughs> Hang on, I'll bring it up. I, you know, I wasn't going to talk about it, but then you just, uh, just now when you mentioned it, when you mentioned it, it just reminded me about it. I missed that as well. In the meantime, so Drew Goddard's been uh, tapped to direct the new Spider-Man movie. Yes, that's right. So he did Cabin in the Woods, which was great. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he was also... He was also the original showrunner on Daredevil, and then he moved on to something else. I can't, I can't remember what it was, though. Yeah, um, yeah 13 Hours is the uh, new uh, Michael Bay film. Okay. But yeah, Drew Goddard seems like good hands. The only problem is they have a locked-in date in 2017, so they got to get their shit moving on that yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah. And it might be called Spectacular Spider-Man, which would be cool. Yeah, I've, I heard that it was. That, that's, what they, that's, what they, that's, what that's what they've decided to call it. We just it. don't want to have another fucking origin story. No, 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 yeah, yeah. No, and, and again, I just don't see the point in pushing back Black Panther for it. Yeah. You know, like, where you get rid of Black Panther to make way for a new Spider-Man film. I, I, have, I have an issue with that. Yeah. You know, it's like, I've, I want to see a Black Panther yeah. film. Yeah. <laughs> get these new, new properties going. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, like, there was a rumor that they might try and introduce Captain Marvel in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is gone. Like, they've said the word Inhumans on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you haven't yeah. watched this week's episode, go fuck yourself. Um, and, you know, it's starting to come about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that city was Atalan, but someone said, your heart rate's, like, crazy. So it's, it's, it's like, that's not natural. It's like, no, it's Inhuman. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> But that also, it looks like it's kind of shoehorned in because one character now is very much like we must find them and eliminate them, like the X-Men style thing, who was like the most cuddly character before. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little bit shoehorny. Right, right. Well, hopefully it won't be too bad. Uh, Harrison Ford news. Yes. So Harrison Ford crashed his fucking World, World War, War II, II plane <laughs> on a golf course. <laughs> on a golf course. You can't write this shit. No. Uh, but he's all right. You know, he... Ha- he uh, was bleeding a shit from uh, in, in the face. In the face. In the face. Bleeding from the face. Ugh. I mean, the initial report said it was like critical condition, but they've scaled that down. His son tweeted saying like he's, he's okay. Fine. He's battered, but he's okay. Yeah, and, and then, yeah, he's okay. Han Solo is all right, and um, Mark Hamill had a very cool tweet. Yeah, it's like glad to hear Harrison Ford is all right. May all his future flights be green screen. Ah, <laughs> which I thought was quite cute. There's a there's a whole. I mean. Some of them got they got started a little early, like before it was known he was all right. Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of photoshops. There's a great one I saw, which is just a, there's a great photo of the, oh, the Millennium like, Falcon. Well, there's a couple of the Millennium Falcon. There's one of the plane just crashed on the green, and in the foreground is Boba Fett. <laughs> or there's another one of like the loader. Fucked man. Yeah, the little like <laughs> loading loading him into the ambulance, and it's like in carbonite. In, in carbonite. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, I, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. No, people are fucked. I mean, some of those he hadn't been cleared okay, so that's a bit shitty. Yeah. But apparently, play. people are saying that like he like he could have landed, he could have crashed somewhere. Like I mean, it, it could have happened that he lost power, I think it was, or something like that. So landing on the golf course, like it was a controlled crash land. Mm-hmm. Like that's badass. It's pretty Jesus. badass, dude. Yeah. You know, no, but the guy's been a licensed pilot for quite a while. Now. Yeah, yeah. Him and Travolta. Yeah. When's Travolta gonna crash? Well, Travolta used to when it, during the during the wilderness <laughs> such, years. Such he horrible, was such horrible thoughts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, Bottle nose up deep inside, deep inside Gavin. Yeah, I don't know where there. that came from, really. I like John Travolta. <laughs> um, yeah, but he didn't. Travolta used to fly uh, private jets for people, for people, when he, in the wilderness years before Look Who's Talking came out. Yeah. Don't ever say that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's horrible. It's awful. <laughs> well. So, yeah, he survived the plane crash, so that's all good, uh, which means he should still be on for Blade Runner 2. Which now is a director attached of Dallas Villeneuve, mm-hmm. who directed uh, Prisoners and a movie called Incendies, which I heard a lot about but never actually saw. Didn't didn't that movie uh, win an Oscar? Or uh, was Oscar nominated? Oscar I think. nominated, I think yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's one with like Hugh Jackman and uh, Jared Leto. No, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, that, that's Prisoners. Yeah, Prisoners. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Incendies won an Oscar. Yeah. I think so. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Interesting choice. He's not done much. He's not done anything with special effects. Um, but it's going to start After Prometheus is like Ridley Scott's like nah 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 maybe I should just but what's weird is Hampton Fancher is back uh, who wrote the original with David Peoples but like there's numerous behind the scenes shit yeah, where yeah. it's like Hampton they slowly edged him the yeah, fuck yeah, out yeah. of the movie Hampton Fancher <laughs> yeah I forgot I forgot about that yeah that, that was funny they, yeah they really fucking they really uh, shifted him <laughs> yeah he was like he was pushed he did not leave that project willingly he was like it was his baby and they got, they just fucked him off it's like then one day he gets a copy of the script and it's like rewritten by David Peoples yeah Crazy. That's that's good. If you haven't seen that, uh, the last um, there's been God knows how many editions of um, uh, Blade Runner, but the one with the suitcase. Yeah. That's the one that's got the uh, the documentary Dark Days, where we, where you find out all this information. Is it Dark Days or Future Noir? 
No, no, it's Future, Noir, Future Noir is the book. I have that. That's yeah, a great yeah. fucking book. The documentary is uh, Dark Days, yeah. which is a very, very cool documentary. If you haven't seen it, and if you like Blade Runner, I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's the hearts of darkness for Blade Runner. Yeah. Which it seems to be on every fucking movie these days. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, just, just, for you, just so you know, none of these movies were fun to make. No. <laughs> Speaking of uh, on-set difficulties, this kind of freaked me out when I saw it on the news, because you'll know what I say. Bruce Willis is going to make his Broadway debut... Yes. In a, an adaptation in, of Misery by William Goldman. Yes. Um, from everything and every press junket, every behind the scenes interview, every director talks about this guy. He turns up for work and he doesn't want to work. <laughs> like, he, you know, he's like, maybe I'm not going to talk in this scene. It was some of the stuff that Kevin Smith said. And, you know, he went off on that kid. There's a some kid reporter yeah, yeah, was asking yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. Like, During Red. Yeah, like live, he's not very into it yeah, yeah. so him having to do it on stage every night for god only knows how long like is there going to be one night where he just decides not to talk no this this sounds like a fucking you know like a shot in the arm for his career it sounds like something he was advised to do I don't because think, everyone hates him you know it's like you know you need to you know people have forgotten that you're actually an actor and now they just think you're a professional dick yeah you know so you need to show people you can act and you know, and I think people want to see you get hobbled. Yes. <laughs> Kevin Smith's got the whole front row of the first yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Use the fucking hammer! <laughs> Fuck you, David Addison! <laughs> Hawk! <laughs> I, w- I would love to go to this. Yeah. I'd love to go to it. I just... Every, when you start screaming, you're like, yeah, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker! <laughs> you know there's going to be some drunk asshole. I want Shia LaBeouf to turn up drunk. And Yo, just, die hard! And just start... Kick that bitch's ass! Just start screaming shit at him. That's going to happen. You know something's going to happen. Because, I mean, again, Kevin Smith says in one of his evenings with Kevin Smith, like, when they're just driving to set or something, and some guy in the street goes, Yo, die hard! <laughs> they don't just call him, they don't call him by, um... John McClane, it's always gonna be, how's it going, Diane? And uh, well, Kevin Smith says, like, oh, it's kind of sweet, or something, and yeah, he's yeah. just like, ugh. <laughs> God damn it, Willis. Uh, I wish I could see that, actually. That'd be so much fun. You naughty, naughty little birdie. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl from House, one of the girls from House of Cards, I think, is in it. She doesn't get out of the cockamamie car! <laughs> <laughs> It's a great film, actually. Misery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't seen it in quite a long time, but one of the last films I think uh, Barry Sonnenfeld um, shot before he became a full-time director. Hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And one of the uh, one of the last really, really good Rob Reiner films as well. Hmm. Um. More upcoming movie news. Uh, actually, since we're on the Bruce Willis thing, did uh, you hear Patton Oswalt's uh, idea for the Unbreakable trilogy? No. Yeah, he, he was, um, uh, he, he was... He's really, really using his fame as a platform to just talk about whatever he wants. He's really using his cred as like a good geek yeah. to really just win the hearts of everyone. The good geek would be a good spin-off from The Good Wife. He was, uh, yeah, he was, uh, uh, he was being interviewed and uh, they were talking about this thing about sequels you'd like to see, mm. you know, that, that you know will never happen. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I really think there should not just be a sequel for Unbreakable, I think there should be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. And he had this whole idea for a trilogy. And he said at the end of Unbreakable, you know, when you find out that uh, Samuel Jackson, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, uh, cover your ears now, when yeah. you find out that Samuel Jackson is the fucking villain and he's the one who's planned all the fucking accidents, and you see all the newspaper cuttings, and, it's, and some of the newspaper cuttings are that... Um, you know, uh, just uh, charting things that he's done. Yeah. But some of the um, 
newspaper cuttings say like um, you know one sole survivor in this in this particular event, one sole survivor in that particular event. So there are other unbreakables. Oh, okay. Around in in the world, and he's been sort of searching for all of them, so he can you know knock form the Justice League, so he can knock them off or something. So, uh, Pat Oswalt's idea so for the second one is that um, is that uh, Bruce Willis's character goes and starts recruiting all these Unbreakables to form the supergroup, yeah. um, and he starts like mentoring them and all things. And he thinks that the ending of that should be a downer like Empire, where he gets one of these Unbreakables actually killed, right? And then and it's all his fault. Yeah, something something like that, and so he's like all it's tortured. the dark middle chapter. Yeah, he's all tortured and shit. And then in the third one, in the in the second one, like uh, Samuel Jackson, like Mr. Glass is like a Hannibal Lecter character who's just stuck in prison all the time. And then in the third one, he gets out and he starts to create his own fucking uh, thing. Just to, uh, Legion of Doom, something like that to hunt down, to hunt down like David Ellis. Uh, no, no, Dave, David Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, <Maddie? laughs> Maddie dies in the second one. David Dunn. <laughs> David Dunn. Uh, so yeah, I think that's you know it's just pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Willis will never do it. He'll never do it. No, M Night Shyamalan will never be allowed to do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because that to this day that is still my favorite M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like in terms of um, rewatchability, uh-huh. it's my. I think it's my favorite one. Like in terms of like watching first time viewing impact, six cents. Six cents, yeah. But like, just and at least you get you get at least two out of the six cents because the second time you're looking for the clues. Yeah. 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 But I just really liked uh, the the aesthetic uh, that he that he used for which 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 was you know we later find out is the M Night Shyamalan aesthetic, which basically means everyone talks really slowly and mm. everything moves really slowly. And it's kind of gray. But at the time, it was you know it, it kind of felt like yeah finally this guy this you know this uh, Indian fucking U.S. director who's got like a European sort of uh, sensibility sensibility you know that's kind of how it felt, which was nice it, you know because uh, this was at the time when MTV editing was really just yeah. starting to break on through in a really big way but I thought that was a very interesting interesting little what could be sort of thing if you could yeah. see if you could see a sequel to a movie um, that, that uh, you know will never happen what would it be oh The Rocketeer 2 that's a good one fuck <laughs> 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 ever so often like every couple of years I just watch that and like the shit it's here <laughs> and then like and then think like it's okay Joe Johnson Captain America's in your future <laughs> that's a fucking great movie uh, I'd love to. I mean, I would have uh, loved to have seen a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the Goonies. Mm, the Goonies. Yeah, like you know, you know, their parents get fucking bankrupt again when they're in college this time. <laughs> it's like, well, no, they bankrupt their they parents, bankrupt parents from going to college. They just happen to stumble upon another map. <laughs> this time it's two eyed Willie's. Like, it's it's one eyed like, Willie's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's still alive? <laughs> Uh, it was only played by Jack Palance, but those days are gone. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, speaking of the Unbreakable stuff and the, and the superhero stuff, there's been uh, photos released of the. I, I don't know whether this is going to be like Greg Berlanti and his production company have been doing great work with Arrow and The Flash on TV. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's them guys doing Supergirl. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. But the, but it's it's still on the same network. It's still the CW. So I presume they're going to link. So they've actually released a photo of uh, Melissa Benoist. Yes. Yes. Um, been a while, I don't know. Did you see this outfit? I did, I did, I did. It's very Dark Knight, it's very muted. Yes, it is. Which is, I don't know, that doesn't... Also, she's a superwoman, she's like 26. Well, I mean, the thing that I found most interesting about this was that, um, it, is that it was designed, the costume was designed by Oscar winner uh, Colleen Atwood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Col- uh, and she's done, you know, she's done Into the Woods, Sweeney Todd. 
And uh, what I thought was interesting about this was that um, she was designing the costume in the um, ill-fated Tim Burton Superman movie. Oh! Uh, so, and in the... Um, the, in blue the, and the, in blue, the, the electric the, blue monstrosity. In the <laughs> behind-the-scenes um, uh, features for the upcoming documentary... The know, Life and Death of the, the Death of Superman, or yeah, whatever it's called? Death of Superman Lives. Yeah. Um, they do interview her, and she just talks like that's all her one big regret, is that she never got to design Superman. So, next best thing. Yes. She's designing the uh, Supergirl outfit. It looks good, but Supergirl should be younger. Like again, she's twenty six, right? Um, yeah. And the boots look weird. Yeah, I mean, Greg Berlanti is, is involved in this. Yeah, yeah. Because that seems to be the the, the Midas switch for those Arrow shows. Although it was pointed out to me by a friend that um, you haven't watched any of Arrow yet, right? No, I'm still just watching the Flash. Like Ar- Arrow's hanging out with Rachel Gould in the League of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Like they're basically they've just ripped all the Rachel Gould stuff from Batman mm-hmm. and put it into Arrow like as whole cloth almost. Like, it's not Talia as the daughter of Al Ghul, it's Nissa. Right. Who, who might be, I don't know, Italia or something else. You might like find that. out, like, her middle name is Talia yeah. or something. Yeah, and they keep, thre- like, every time Ras Al Ghul appears, he's always lying to where would be Where would big reveals be if it wasn't for the middle names? Yeah. Or, like, you know, oh, no, this is my middle name. Oh, well, my no, first name is Talia. Well, the thing they have for the, the League of Shadows is that they all have, like, Arabic names. Oh, right. So, like, they keep talking about the girl who was black. She wasn't Black Canary, but she was kind of a proto-Black Canary. Mm-hmm. And they always referred to her by her other name. And they did that for like several episodes. And then eventually they're like, why do they keep calling you that? It's like, it means Canary. Right. And she used to have a little Canary. And I was like, ah! I see what you're doing. But before this, she was just Chicken Black who beats people up for six episodes. <laughs> it's not like you said Chicken Black. Chicken Black. Oh, Chicken <laughs> Black. <laughs> I'll have the Chicken Black air with side of nice salad things. Yeah. Uh, something that's... I've been two minds on is that uh, Chris McKay, one of the producers of the Lego movie, he's going to direct the Adventure Time movie. Oh, yes, I heard about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this guy, Brian Lee, is producing it, who's also producing the Lego Batman movie. Now, obviously, we'll have to see what the Lego Batman movie is going to be like. And was it the Lego, the Lego, is the Lego sequel? It's going to be called the Lego movie sequel. Yes. And that's going to be directed by. I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought it was Chris McKay. Yeah, no, I, I can't remember. I know it's not the original director. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh,. I'm in two minds on this. I mean, my Adventure Time works so well as those little 20-minute b- lumps of fucking crazy. Yeah, but, you know, I, 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 I think it'll work, actually. I mean, because it, it just is that weird. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if you keep it, like, to 80 minutes, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. You know, you just, like... Because the world is... It's so out there. You, there's really nothing you can't do at this point. No. You know, so I, I actually think it can it can sustain that as long as they keep it tight. Yeah. You know, like an 80, 80 minutes, eighty five minutes tops. So, you know, I, 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 and learn the lessons of the Simpsons movie. Yes. I mean, if it's like if it because there are <clears throat> there are episodes that string shit together. You know, it was the whole thing was like, what was that hero guy? Do you ever see that? I mean, you 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 dip in and out, right? I dip in and out. I yeah, think I went to season five. I was watching all of them, and season five and six seemed to go on forever. Like their season numbers went up to twenty three or seven or something like that mm-hmm. from like twenty or fifteen. They just seem to get like, they just said like, okay, we're just not going to call this the end of the season. We're just going to keep making them as we go along. Mm-hmm. And there's things like the Lich. There's a character of the Lich that recurs every 16 episodes, something like that. Or there's Hero Billy, I think his name is. Hero Sam, Hero Billy. Mm-hmm. He's like Finn's idol that they eventually meet at some point. Right. And there's all the crazy stuff that happens outside of time and space. And like the whole fact that it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll work. You think so? Yeah, yeah. As long as they keep the same kind of crazy aesthetic, it should be good. And if it's just as fast, like I mean, there's one episode where I made Nadia sit through it because the whole episode, the whole episode is just a build up to, hey Finn, where's Jake? And then he just goes, 
Oh, he's been here all the whole time. And he opens his pocket and Jake's just like sleeping in his pocket and turns over and farts. So that whole episode is just the lead into that joke. But I mean, it's different when you're talking about it in, in an episodic way. If they were to do a film about it, it would be a completely different mindset. But yeah, but it, would, it, would be a, it wouldn't be three acts. I mean, what I'm saying is that it, yeah. works, it works well quickly. Yeah. They have a very good economy of storytelling. Yeah. So what they need to do is tell a story in 32 acts or 16 acts, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or it keeps moving that, that quickly. I think it'll be fine. Look, you know, I mean, I enjoyed the Simpsons movie, even though it had its flaws. Mm -hmm. I, I love the fucking South Park movie. And if you- Oh, that's a, that, that South Park movie is the high part. And before, before the South Park movie came out, if you would ask, me whether I thought South Park could sustain a feature length film, no. I, would, I would have said no. no. So after that, something like Adventure Time, I'm like, yeah, Fuck I, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It's mathematical. I'd have, you know, I have way less concerns about Adventure Time than I do, say, something like The Regular Show. Yeah. It's like The Regular Show, the movie is like, I, I didn't know how the fuck you'd make that last. I mean, that would be you, clerks. You'd go nuts. That would be clerks. You'd go absolutely nuts. Did you see the one with, again, again in that one where the Blue Jay went outside of time? He broke the. What he put? He put a clock in the microwave. Yes. <laughs> and so he broke time. <laughs> oh my god, that show is so goddamn bizarre. Oh. If you haven't seen the regular show, people go look at the regular show. Since we're talking about animation, did you um, hear about uh, the plot for Toy Story Four? It's a romantic comedy or something? Yeah, that it's separate from the trilogy. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, as soon as it was announced, obviously everyone's like, ah, oh, cash grab. You know, yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah. you know, and you got to admit, it is a surefire hit. But, um, but uh, apparently it's been like a, the president, Jim, the president of, uh, of Pixar, Jim Morris, said that uh, the third movie ended in a beautiful way and, complete, and completes the trilogy. Yeah. This movie is not part of this trilogy. It is, you know, he told Disney Latino. <laughs> okay. uh, it is a separate story and I don't know if it will continue in future installments okay well I mean it could be something they could do if, I mean if they do completely separate ties I mean with, with maybe Potato Head and the Rex yeah. is the linking material or something like that yeah but then you, sh I, then you, I don't, you, you shouldn't call it Toy Story 4 then mm. You know, you got to come up with like Toy Story semicolon. You know, something like penguins. You know, the penguins. That's not Madagascar. You know, it's, yeah. it's, penguins, it's the penguins. Penguins are Madagascar. Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant to say to you about the Adventure Time. The way like breaking it up. Have you heard about like the? We still haven't seen Paddington because we still can't bring ourselves to believe that it's actually that good as people are saying. But have you heard about Sean the Sheep? Yes, I have. Apparently, it's like a seventy-minute silent film. Like that's what it, that's why it's being described by like the high art critics who were forced to go review it. Mm -hmm. Because the only dialogue, I mean, there's one or two lines of dialogue from the humans, but most of the dialogue so is just the sheep. And different versions of that. There's uh -huh. an interview with the guy who does the voice for Sean the Sheep that they, they didn't play a clip because it was pointless playing a clip on the Kermode and Mayo show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they played a clip instead of an interview with the guy, and he's talking about the different levels of that he does. Mm -hmm. Like, well, if he's happy, he does this. And like, sometimes when he's worried, he does and he's doing them all, and they're all completely different. He's really, really good at just doing. But it's, uh, it's supposed to be good, right? The reviews yeah, are... Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's, a, it's a, a really good, but it's a silent movie, technically. Brilliant. Sounds awesome. That's, like, that's just Aardman, like, knocking it out of the park again. <laughs> remember the baby from Labyrinth? E yes, I remember the baby from Labyrinth. Did you know that he was Toby Froud? Froud. 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 And his dad, Brian Froud, was the guy who did the designs for the goblins in Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal. I did not know that. Also... He has very much settled into his father's lineage. He's put on a play with Heather Henson. Mm -hmm. Heather Henson has a company called Ibex Puppetry. Mm -hmm. And they live in Portland, obviously, because of hipsters. Yeah. And he's done a little short movie called Lessons Learned. 
and it's very much like the style of characters that his dad would do in Labyrinth and um, The Dark Crystal. You know, those kind of little, uh, the little freaky guys, that they seem to be all nose. Mm-hmm. You know those kind of characters, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a creepy thing about like you get a box, you get a box for all your lessons learned that you put in there, and he goes into his grandfather's one, which is a trunk now, and he's like, there's all the lessons in, learned in there, and it's, they all illustrate a story and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's all puppetry, mm-hmm. and it's all done in live, and it was shown in Portland, and it's also now available on Vimeo. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, no, I, I haven't heard of this. Yeah, I might get a review for the next week if we can figure out if, if, it, if it's blocked, region locked. Hopefully, it's not region locked. Right. It's just it's, it's available for nine dollars, so ten dollars US. So that sounds like a, I'd give it a punt. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool that he's like you know keeping up the tradition, and as well with Heather Henson as well because I mean that they've sold the Brian Henson company, right? It's still mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jim Henson company. Yes, yes. I mean Brian Henson isn't even involved anymore, right? He wasn't involved in the last Muppet movie. I don't think. Like it's not it's not a Henson doing Kermit. No, anymore. no, no, it isn't. No. Probably why the last one was a bit shit. <laughs> I still haven't seen the last one. Yeah, it's, it's a bit shit. Did you see the uh, trailer for uh, Selfless? Yes, I was going to get the trailers. Yes, I saw the trailer for Selfless, which the the okay. So the movie of this is like they can transfer your brain to another body, and yeah. it's Ben Kingsley wants to live longer, and so he gets transferred into Ryan Reynolds. But the the moment of the whole movie is the transfer process, yeah. where they they like stick it with it when it stick Ben King, Sir Ben Kingsley with a, a needle. He goes, what's that? <laughs> and then it just shows they put this net over his head to hold his face in place, and his nose is all schmussed and his beard is all over the place. That I laughed my ass off at that. Yeah. <laughs> that was just hilarious. No, but this looks like a cool, um, you know, hard sci-fi film. Yeah, because it's like, and, and uh, there's some tricksy editing going on, right? Yes, yes. Because there's a guy, like, they talk to him, like, he thinks, I think they sell him on the idea these are blacks, they're like clones or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. it turns out the body he's in may have a little bit of a history. Yes, that's And there's right. conversations with the guy who runs the company, or his, his, his attache, his liaison from the company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of conversations going on about, like, if I don't help you, you'll regress. Yeah. And it's not clear who it's going to regress to. Yeah. Is yeah. it going to be Ryan Reynolds grabs control, or is it Ben King? Ben- loses control yeah. or you know so it, lo- you know, it, lo- it looks pretty cool and you know. uh, it's it looks like a different film for um, Tarzan Singh like a, yeah, Tar- it's Tarzan Singh yeah Tarzan Singh's directing this and it is a different sort of visual look it looks normal it. yeah it looks like a normal sci-fi film yeah um, it's not the cell yeah uh, but uh, you know it, it looks pretty solid it yeah looks, it looks and like- it's again Ryan Reynolds is stop doing romantic comedies good, good on you Ryan start doing cool shit yeah 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 just you know stop doing the fucking romantic comedies yes, they weren't working for you it's like you know dig yourself out of that math- old Mc- Matthew McConaughey hole yeah the McConaughey hole yes and just start coming back you stop know? leaning on things with posters although he had a film called Mississippi Grind that's uh, been doing the festival Ryan fe- Rhines. I, mm-hmm. can't, I can't talk today mm-hmm. um, that's been doing the festival rounds and been getting pretty good reviews yeah yeah and that's also more of a more of a serious film like about gambling and shit oh okay so it's not a romantic comedy. No, it's not a romantic comedy. Yeah. And there's that other one where he cat talks to him as well. Yes, the voices. the voices. Also not a romantic comedy. No. <laughs> Just goes around killing chicks. Yeah. Well, we might as well move on to trailers. Um, so we got, I mean, we do have a rule of trees here where we try not to watch a third trailer, but the second trailer for Avengers Age of Ultron was so much the first trailer. Yeah. It was kind of pointless. I kind of did wish I hadn't seen this trailer. Because they do start spelling shit out with regard to, you know, he's invent- Tony Stark's invented an AI. Yeah, but uh, that didn't bug me because that's nothing that we didn't already know. I mean, it's, it's been in the official plots. But there's a scene between Natasha and Banner. Yeah. That's a bit like, yeah, that would be better to hold like, back. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe like there's some that. kind of emotional thing going on there. Yeah. You know, some sort of uh, relationship is forming between the two of them. Mm. I'm really liking Snacky Steve because the only Captain America you see in that, he's, getting, he's giving little snacky bits. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I like that. 
Yeah. No, it's nice. I mean, like, they're giving him a little bit of color. He's not so much the Boy Scout that he was in the first one. Yeah. And also, after the events of Winter Soldier, you know, you're just getting... He's, he's got to be more jaded. Yeah, yeah. you got to be a little fucked in the head. Fuck the police. Um, I didn't feel like I saw anything that was giving too much away. Yeah. You know, that slow-mo shot where they all sort of jump out together and, you know, like, uh, to attack Hydra, I thought that was fucking awesome. You like that? Yeah. I, I, I you know, I mean... Like, within seconds, my Twitter feed was just pictures of that, and people got like, fuck yeah! <laughs> you know, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said that that didn't sooner... But how did how did Black Widow and Jeremy Renner get launched that way? Because, it's like, you know, everyone else is just leaping and stuff. And I, ref- I refuse to answer any questions that refer to logic. <laughs> in an Avengers movie. In, talking about the Avengers. And there is a very... Like, I did, like, the tease at the end of the visions, oh, the visions face. Yes, very and nice. Very thing. well done. And another nice bit of news is that um, uh, the, uh, Chris, Chris no, Evans, Evans went to the hospital. Chris Evans went to the hospital. So uh, himself and uh, Chris Pratt had a bed on for the Super Bowl, and in the end, whoever lost would go to the other guy's hospital of choice and visit the sick ward. And uh, Chris Pratt lost, so he already did a hospital in Boston. Yeah. So. Uh, Steve, uh, he dressed up in the whole Steve Rogers outfit and went to the Seattle Children's Hospital. And, and Chris Pratt just wore like normal clothes and a Guardians of the Galaxy cap. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I think um, Chris, I keep forgetting his name. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah. I keep thinking of the ginger guy from England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he, you know, he did turn up in normal clothes for the other one as well. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. But no, it's, it's really nice they did that. It's really cool. I mean, <laughs> it's it's the best publicity ever. Hmm. You know, I mean, but it's also they're just nice fucking dudes. Yeah, they're yeah. like that's a really cool thing to do. And you can tell that they're all just super super pleased with what with where they're at. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know? I'm not sure Chris Evans not so much because he's still talking about retiring and want to do directing and stuff. Ah, oh, that's full of shit. Yeah, he's full of shit. He's, that's all a negotiation ploy to get more money from. I'm looking at this. War. I'm looking at this picture right now. He doesn't look at all. <laughs> He doesn't look, look for the kids. He doesn't look at all unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he looks really fucking happy to be Captain America. Yeah. Uh, another trailer that dropped this week was uh, No Escape with Owen Wilson and Pierce Brosnan. I missed that one. It looks like Asia's terrible. It's oh, kind of okay. like, it's all about like, hey, we're moving to Asia. It's going to be fine. I didn't think I'd be over here. And... <laughs> And you know it's all lovely for a while. And then he's like in the morning newspaper. One end, it's like that fucking scene from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. One end of the street is all cops, and the other end is all insur- insurgents, and the whole fucking country goes to shit. And which country are they in? I, it doesn't say. And I think it's probably going to be some made-up place because any country who would think it looks a lot like Thailand. Right. But um, any country that would be named would be pissed off because like we're not a, because these are these aren't just insurgents, right? These are like the most evil insurgents in the world. There's a scene where like they all get on the roof of the hotel, and the helicopter comes and it turns, and it just cuts to the. Terrorists is gunning down t- tourists on the roof. Right. It's like they're bad terrorists. Right. Right. Um, but Pierce Brosnan seems to be it's like more even than even terrorists would look at that and get offended. Yes. It's like, <laughs> it's like we do not. And Pierce Brosnan seems to be like do that. Pierce Brosnan is just like an Aussie guy. Like welcome to Asia, mate. And then like you see him do some stuff. I don't know if he's going to be full like retired Bond kind of thing. My brain, pro- my, you know, my thought process was Pierce Brosnan, Owen Wilson, Lake Bell in a thriller. No. <laughs> <laughs> It looks okay. I mean, romantic comedy. Romantic comedy. There's like a weird sort of triangle. I can buy that cast. Yeah, it's not the, yeah but not not this weird movie. Thriller on the run from insurgents. But what it gets near the end though, it like because a lot of it's just them running from shit. But near the end of it, it looks like he's pushed into doing stuff he should, he doesn't want to do. And uh, I don't think I ever talked to you about a video game called Far Cry Three, right? Uh, you've you've brought it up. Never brought it up. I think whole, you, you stopped talking to me about it because I just stare at you blankly. Yeah. The whole point of these games was like you're. I mean. This, 
any video game, right? You're usually just a normal guy. Yeah. And then halfway through the game, you've killed like 300 people. Yeah. But you're still cracking wise and making all these kind of jokes and stuff. Yeah. Far Cry 3 actually played with that in the storyline, as in like... You the more of, you do, the more The more you do, the friends you're trying to rescue, they start thinking you're a bit weird because you're out to get the guy who killed your brother. You're getting bloodthirsty. Right, right. And they actually play with that a lot nicely. And this seems to be going down that path where Owen Wilson starts to get like... Bloodthirsty. Bloodthirsty. And also, just like, you know, he, there's one thing where you're an action hero protecting your family, but there's one thing where you've got to go further, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he seems to be going way further. Yeah. So it could be interesting, but yeah, no, no selfless. Mm -hmm. I saw the trailer as well for Mr. Holmes. I didn't, yeah, I, I, I missed that one as well. For well some you're, you're, there's nothing, it's like, I don't know, I, don't, I think the whole, I, spot, plot spoiler, I think the whole twist to this is that he's not actually Sherlock Holmes, he's the crazy old man. Yeah, because he's kind of like there's a scene where there's a kid he kind of befriends, and there's a whole bit where he's um, the kid talking to him again. They've obviously built up a rapport, but the kid's name is written on his sleeve cuff so he doesn't forget. So he's a bit forgetful. He's talking about his last case, and he seems to be on a case as well. So it's not really. I don't. It didn't, it didn't sell me. Laura Lenny's in as well. It didn't really sell me on what it was doing. So I don't know about that. One movie that did sell me on what it was doing was Get Hard. Did you see this? The Red Band trailer for the. Uh, I, I didn't see the red band trailer. I saw the uh, the green band trailer. Oh, I didn't even know see there was a re re green band trailer. I don't know what the green band trailer is like, considering how fucked up the red band trailer is. It looks pretty fun. Yeah, it's. Um, but, it, but I mean, it's Kevin Hart and it's uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell and Will Ferrell, he's going to jail and he's, he's going, going to, to Supermax. He's not going to yeah, you know, corporate yeah. jail. And he basically hires uh, Kevin Hart to teach him how to be hard in prison. Yeah, and there's, so a, there's so a beautiful scene where the wife asks Kevin Hart, "Is like." And what exactly did you tell him to make you make him think that you were in any way a gangster? And it's like, oh, you know, I was just being black. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is that Kevin Hart's not a gangster. He has he's no, like, yeah, he's, he's no, like, it's a great, he's a serious talk. He's like, don't you walk away from me, bitch. And she just turned into, what you call me? And just beats the shit out of He's like, I'm sorry, honey, I'm sorry. <laughs> and also, like, Kevin Hart's, like, tiny. Yeah. He's really tiny. So, like, he's trying, I mean, they go through, like, Trying to teach him to fight, then they realize that doesn't work. So trying to get him some, uh, get him some in with some guys who've got some guys on the inside, and it looks like none of these things work because there's a part. He's like, I don't think you give me 100. percent I think you're gonna have to learn how to give a blowjob. <laughs> and it just, it just, it has Will Ferrell on his knees in a toilet stall with this guy, and he's like, okay, okay, he's like, yeah, so go ahead. What are you doing? It's like it's like an Eskimo blowjob. It's like, no, I want an American blowjob. Be patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> so it just looks completely fucked up. Um, but it's like out in March, so like this is I haven't seen there hasn't been many trailers right before now. Uh, there's yeah, I mean uh, there's just been the one green band and the one red red band trailer. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been um, a, a second one. And uh, just finally for trailers, yeah. Um, I just I ha missed this, but I happened across it. The Mad Max International trailer. It's pretty much the same. There's a few extra shots as there are in the original trailer, but it's also if you want a screenshot, if you want a cool uh, background, mm -hmm. it has lots of Japanese text over some of the images, like that photo, the picture of. Um, Chevy's Theron kneeling in the sand. Yeah. But like with Japanese kanji over the front of it. And it's like that kind of mirrored kanji. Well, not mirrored, but it's like it's almost semi opaque. So you can see the scene behind it, but it's slightly distorted. Yeah. That just looks cool. There's a lot of scenes like that. There's a few little extra bits in there. Mm -hmm. I think there's a there's one of the one of the savages seems to have like a full guitar live band set on tour with them. <laughs> that get a guitar spews flame. Still can't wait for that movie. I also saw the trailer for, uh, I don't know why I saw this trailer, I'm a glutton for punishment, Hot Pursuit. Oh god. With uh, Reese Witherspoon and uh, Sofia Vergara. Yeah. Uh, Sofia Vergara is basically the girlfriend of this like fucking mob guy and uh, she's like 
on, on the run, like she's been targeted, and um, Reese with a spoon is the uniform cop who's just got to take her from one place to another, or something like that. Or they get framed, they're on the fucking run. I don't know. Right. Trailer's a mess. It was painful as shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Is I, that Kevin Feige? Is it not Kevin Feige, Kevin Feig? There's another Kevin, the, the guy who produced, um, or the guy who directed Bridesmaids. Uh, no, 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 no. It's huh. it's it's uh it's Anne Fletcher, the director of the proposal, the Sandra Bullock movie. Oh, that's the one with Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yes. <laughs> that's the one where he leans against the poster. Yeah, yeah. My wife really likes that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does have some nice lines in it. It's yeah. got it's got some funny lines in it, but uh, the movie itself is not okay. great. But um, yeah, it's like I like Sofia Vergara. I mean, like she cracks me up in Modern Family, but in this, it's like it's everything that's annoying about her. Yeah. It's like it's like a bit too loud. And Reese Witherspoon just reminds you how annoying she can be. Yeah. You know, she's just got this, like, I don't know, like, her. she's changed her voice for this, where it sounds slightly higher pitched than usual, and it's really grating. Huh. I haven't seen Wild yet, because she got nominated for an Oscar for that, right? Did she? I think so. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Finishing off the news? Yep. Yeah, uh, a bit of sad news, so what happened while we were off, but uh, Leonard Nimoy passed away. Yes. A uh, legend of the industry. Spock has gone on his final voyage. Yes. That's uh, about 83. There was that cool billboard that was come going around. Like a, I thought that was a Photoshop, but I wasn't sure. I, I, I don't know. If, whether it's real or not, it looks fucking cool. Yeah. Like Basically, like the, the live long and prosper hand signal, and then it's just written there, he did. Yes. And that was very and nice. It, and it's done like it's all, it's just, just black and white. Yeah, just, yes. Just, it's all black with his face and his hand and highlighted, like his light is shining on them. Yeah. That was nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I tweeted uh, about it, just basically saying it's like you know, it's you'll always be remembered as Spock, but I hope I hope some people do remember. In, in the you also directed some pretty damn good films. Yeah, you did Three Men and the Baby. Three Men and the Baby. Yep. Star Trek Three and Four. The Good Mother. The Good Mother with, with uh, Diane Keaton. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you look, I look back. I had a quick look through his IMDb again. It's like you look at all the things he pulled together. Like he was, you know, he, he was an anchor in Star Trek when he turned in, he was, in the original one. Yeah. And then he cropped up in Next Gen because Hulk has lived forever. And did some great work there, and then he, you know, Abrams chose him yeah. to anchor his new version, and he was fucking great. Well, I mean, even for like for people who don't watch Star Trek, to them, Spock is Star Trek. Yeah, you know. And even and to to Leonard Nimoy, to be fair to him, like he wrote that book in the seventies or eighties, I am yeah. not Spock, and then ten years later he wrote a book that said like I am Spock. Yeah. It took him a long time to get. Shatner did the which, same. Which, for mu which must be hard, you yeah. know. I mean, it's it, it must be hard because it defines you, mm. and you're capable of so much more. You do so much more, and yet it's still Spock's. Spock, it's like Spock. Shatner with all those playhouse specials he did when he was younger. It's like you know those kind of one and done like play of the week yeah he's like some of those were probably fantastic but they're all black and white yeah. and no one will ever watch them again and TJ, the people won't even watch TJ Hooker anymore yeah it's like the one the one guy who seems to have suffered that fate like who's the, the biggest victim of that but just seems to embrace it is just yeah. Mark Hamill yeah you know, Mark, you know like uh, you ask anyone who's, who knows this guy that, if who's met him they're like you know just mention anything about Star Wars and he'll talk your ears off yeah <laughs> you know and like as opposed to Harrison Ford who apparently like mm. beat the shit out of him yeah. if you bring up Star Wars <laughs> Fuck those things that gave me a career. You bring that shit up again, I'll fucking kill you. But it was really nice. His last tweet before he died was, A life is like a garden. Perfect moments can be had, but not preserved, except in memory. LLAP. Live long and prosper. And every fucking person I know quoted the... Um, the eulogy from Star Trek Two Of all the souls yes, I've yes, met, yes, yes. his was the most human. Yes. Which is a nice eulogy. Yeah, I mean, it's very fitting. You know, same thing like when Robin Williams passed and then there were a whole bunch of people is like, you know, he's gone to see about a girl. Yeah. You know? Even though that wasn't his line, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> there was a whole lot of like... What are they going to say when fucking Matt Damon goes? Matt Damon! <laughs> How do you like them apples? Yeah. 
that's that'll probably be at the Oscar in memoriam. There's a bit it's of like when when Ben Affleck goes, it's probably gonna be Ar Argo, fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool thing. It's like yeah, let's let's like think. You know, like if 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 famous like this thing of top five actors, like if they pass. What do you think will be the, the one in the line that will get quoted the most often? Mm. Send us your, uh, your morbid emails to podcast at McGepp and Fries. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Because you heard, like, uh, what's her name? Joan Rivers? Yeah. Got snubbed at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Memoriam. 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 I don't say that word very often. I don't yeah. use it very often. Antipodium. Antipodium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> There's someone else got snubbed as well, I think. It always happens. It always that like even like they snub Corey Haim. Yeah. You know, and, and like and every, no one noticed except Corey Feldman. Yeah. <laughs> what to do that for? This yeah. is an excuse to get on the news. <laughs> Such a shame. Yeah. But yeah. So long. Well, oh, what's very cool actually? Uh, the it's free to play now, so you can actually just sign up anytime you want. The Star Trek Online game mm -hmm. that's set in the next gen universe style thing. You can capture your own ship and stuff. They have set up on the planet Vulcan. There is a permanent memorial now right there's a statue of Spock and stuff they set that up after his death which is nice awesome all the cool stuff you got any posters this week I did <laughs> surprise I did. fucking surprise no 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 there was um, the uh, the hero complex gallery um, they have um, a new exhibition on right now oh. called um, uh, called quotes lines and lyrics which is poster art based on famous uh, famous quotes and famous lyrics mm -hmm. and um there's a lot of really, really cool shit. Yeah. Um, I got one Goonies one. You bought it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is uh, this one. You can't see it, but we'll put it up. And it's the line that they say when they're at, uh, at the bottom of the, the, the wishing well. Oh, it's, it's the speech that Mikey gives? Yeah, it's like, you don't realize, the next time you see Sky, it'll be over another town. <laughs> yeah. You know, the next time you take a test, it'll be in some other school. Like, our parents, they want the best for us. But right now, they gotta do what's right for them because it's their time, their time, up there. Down here, it's our time, it's our time down here. And that's all over the, the second we write up Troy's bucket. <laughs> 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 and so it's, and it's uh, a really, really cool poster. There's uh, another very, very cool Forrest Gump one. Because I've been looking for a, a nice Forrest Gump poster. Yeah. And uh, this is um, a Forrest Gump poster that basically has um, the different uh, the, the different uh, images of, uh, of Forrest Gump running. Okay, and, and, and it's just run, Forrest, run. And the line is, there's an awful lot you can tell about a person from their shoes, and it's just uh, like that. Oh, it's all its feet, nice. Just, just all the, the montage, like a poster yeah, the, the, montage. The, the first image is the, the, the braces coming off as he starts to run, that's nice. Yeah, so there's a lot of cool poster art going on. And also, um, I've been like uh, seriously following the progress of... Um, Vinyl Sugar, Vinyl Sugar, uh, which is being done by, um, uh, fuck, which is being done by uh, Kibuki. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they've been coming up for 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 quite a long time. They've been having these prototypes of different figures, mm -hmm. and um, and uh, they, you know, like they're the ones that had that teaser trailer, the one where like the say anything, the John Cusack say anything. Oh yeah, the the, the, the kind of taller Funkos almost. Yes, yes, it's being done by Funko, and there it's it's uh, it's not it's like. Um, like a, a separate sort of offshoot of that called Vinyl Sugar. Mm -hmm. And they're available for pre-order now. And which ones do you have? How do they have? Uh, they've, got, um, Mar they've got Marty and um, Marty and Doc from Back to the Future. Uh, they've got uh, John Cusack from Say Anything. They've got uh, fucking Young Frankenstein. Oh, nice. Um, 
Sean and Ed from uh, Shaun of the Dead. They've so those are the ones in the trailer we, we yeah, talked about yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I pre-ordered all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going to put all this? No, I pre-ordered all of them except for Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, oh, and how's our weekly, uh, our bi-weekly uh, Back to the Future update? Uh, it hasn't come yet? No, not, not yet. It's not now yet? No, not yet. <laughs> Have they given you a delivery date? Have they given you a delivery date? Uh, it's coming out in the uh, like uh, second half of two, uh, second half of the year. Oh, I thought when you talked about it before, I thought it was this the first half of the year. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Talk about pleasure to layer. <laughs> you ordered that shit in like November or October, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the uh, Hot Toys Back to the Future? Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that'll be yeah within the next couple of months. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just putting money aside for that because that's gonna set me back quite a bit because yeah. <laughs> the figure the Marty McFly figure is about 500 ringgit well the car is about 1500 ringgit yeah but, <laughs> but the car is fucking amazing no wonder you're working so hard you got to pay off all these toys and posters it's huge <laughs> was one of the posters you got me a Matt Ferguson yes yeah the uh, Flash Gordon one was a uh, Matt Ferguson yeah I, I hadn't I haven't looked at his stuff in a while I mean he did the great I think it was him who did the great uh, Guardians of the Galaxy like the Star Wars style also there's uh, you know if you do like poster art and all that uh, there's this artist uh, Ky uh, Kyler Smith you know you can uh, check him out online his online store he's having he's having a clearance sale now so there's a lot of cool shit okay. um, I bought a I bought a really cool print of uh, Cosmo from Guardians of the Galaxy oh. like a portrait of Cosmo just, just the head <laughs> nice yeah but that was very nice but yeah, he's um, he's slashing prices on a lot of his stuff right now. So yeah, just go to kylersmith.com. And I saw somebody tweeted on my timeline. Matt Ferguson has it. That would be C U Y L E. Oh, okay. Cooler Smith. Is it cooler? Is it cooler? What did you say? Kyler. C U Y L E R. Isn't that Kyler? I have no idea. That's weird. Um, <laughs> no, I, but, dude, so I've got it wrong. I apologize. I haven't you know, looked like, at Matt Smith's stuff in a while, but somebody <laughs> tweeted that poster had arrived, and it's the Argonath from um, Lord of the Rings. Those giant statues with their hands out. Yes. So it's like I've got those. It's the sh I've got those as well from the Lord of the Rings set, right? The yeah. DVD set. Oh, you ordered it? No. Oh, I have the I have the old ones. Yeah, Matt Matt, Matt Ferguson actually has a show opening at Bottleneck called okay. called Distant Lands. Oh, and that's one um, of them, is it? One of the things that was available for, for pre-order was uh, three separate posters: one of Fellowship of the Ring, one of Two Towers, and one of Return of the King. So it's the one with the boat in the foreground and the Argonath. That, that's the one from Fellowship. Yeah. So someone put that up online. I was like, ooh, that's nice. Yeah, no, that's very nice. The the Two Towers one is sort of like this long sort of establishing shot of um, the middle of Helm's Deep. And is it as tall as the other, as the other ones? Because the Agonath ones look really fucking tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, so I, I was, uh, I got, I got to pre-order that. <laughs> but that's all paid for. I mean, you have an addiction, a, you have an addiction. I have an addiction, I have an addiction. Where it's, is all this shit? It's all upstairs. <laughs> In the tubes, right? Well, well the, 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 uh, the Matt Ferguson Lord of the Rings um, triptych hasn't, um, he hasn't arrived yet. Hasn't arrived yet, yeah. Well, a slightly different set of cool stuff. Um, have you heard of MakerBots? Have you heard of these things? They're 3D printers. Uh, yes, I've heard of them, yes. Yeah. And so they have a Thingiverse, which is where people upload their little designs that you can then download and just put into your 3D printer and it'll print it off and you can then have your little thing. Yeah. And, you know, there are varying levels of complexity. And some guys put up on Thingiverse and also had to, had to print off a sleeve for BMO. And he's also put online how he's created uh, using a Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi is like this. It's a. It's like my first electronics kit. It's got like everything you need on a circuit board, mm -hmm. and you could actually just program it to do whatever you want. Like you could you could have this thing to be a clapper if you wanted to. You could have it to start recording on the TV or to put your photos on TV. You know, you can. It has all, all the inputs and outputs you need, and it's a really good way to learn how to use, how to use electronics. Mm -hmm. And he's put up um, a BMO. He made a BMO. All right. So, and he's also done some programming with it. 
Oh, very cool. So it has all the buttons all work. It emulate games. You can actually play like old games on it and stuff like that. Uh -huh. So it has running that. I'm not sure what kind of animation stuff he has on it because there's a lot of technical instructions here on how to how to build this thing. And uh, yeah, use an, get an adult who has you know some idea of electronics doing this stuff. This is not a small project, but it looks really fucking cool. Can you imagine having one of those in your house? Or just have it set in a timer to say weird shit. Because <laughs> Bimo just what. Bimo brushes his teeth and stuff like that. Bimo's the best. Yeah. No, that looks very cool. And it's, it's a very much a DIY project. Yeah. But yeah, if you're interested in any of that Vinyl Sugar stuff, go to VinylSugar.com and check out the teaser. It's got a really cool teaser, um, just teasing all the upcoming figures that are coming out. And all the links will, uh, will as usual, be on the show notes on the website. Yeah. Moving on to emails. Our first email comes in from Valerie, who says, Hello, boys. What are some of your favorite iconic objects in movies? Mine would be the ruby slippers in The Wizard of Oz and the ring in Lord of the Rings. This is actually, um, I started following on Facebook the RPF, mm -hmm. which is the Replica Props Forum. Uh -huh, yep. And they just post cool shit that their members have done. Like if you ever, I've looked at the site a couple of times, like for if you want to build a Tron outfit, mm -hmm. they tell you how to do it. Like the, so they're, they're people who have done it themselves, figured out all the steps, and then just go online and tell other people how to do it. That is very nice. And from there, they've also, they shared a link to this other group which are, they just, our members, they, their members just show photos of movie props they actually bought. Right, right, yeah. So like, I think there was some from, someone had a scaring head from Farscape. Um, there's been some like, some ones that you wouldn't expect to be just out there. Yeah. Some of them are private collectors. I saw one woman said she uh, bought like a whole load of the Lionsgate, just sold shit mm -hmm. from a, a, a warehouse and she just bought boxes and she's still going through them. Right. She's just listing off the cool shit she had. Wow. Yeah. And you know, looking at that was like, oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's like I, I've got like authentic replicas, but I don't have like like actual movie props, props yeah. actual movie props. You know, <laughs> it's like these posters cost money, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, now for me, um, I know it's funny. I the, the ring from Lord of the Rings didn't even pop into my head. You know, now now that you mention that, like, why didn't I think of it? I've seen that. I mean, every so often I go to the Weta store and have a look. And one thing I really like is the uh, the necklace, yeah, the yeah. brooch, yeah, the 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 leaf brooch they used to hold their Rivendell clothes yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. That looks fucking no, and like some no some of the jewelry that they have in the Weta Workshop looks fucking cool. And there's the even star. Yes, that yes. looks amazing. That looks really cool. And uh, also, um, I even like like some of the the pendants that they have using like the stones from the from the New Zealand mountains, mm. where they have like a uh, Gandalf's logo like carved into it. You know, oh. um, uh, like th there's some really really nice stuff. Some like fucking wrist cuffs. You know, like uh, there's one like uh, dragon stuff? dragon scale uh, wrist cuffs oh. like uh, from using. To make it look like it's uh, fucking smog, mm. and that that's some really nice stuff. Did you see the the video online of Fifty Shades of Gandalf the Grey? No, it wasn't as clever as I thought it was. I heard about it. I heard yeah. about it. Joanne mentioned it to me. I haven't seen it. One thing I saw the, the the Game of Thrones exhibit. I was really that time I went to the Game of Thrones exhibit about two years ago. I got completely pissed off with their lack of merch. Yeah. Um, they had the dragon eggs from Game of Thrones. Uh huh. They only had two because the production company gave the third one to George R. R. Martin as a wedding gift. <laughs> oh Jesus! Which is fucking awesome, but those things look badass. The scales on them and stuff like that. I mean, for for me, I like yeah, like, like I said, I didn't. The, the ring never even entered my mind. Like I, 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 I mean, the first thing that popped into my head was like, I want the knife from the Golden Child. <laughs> g g g g <laughs> give me the knife. I want the, the knife. knife. <laughs> you know, like um, that that floating fucking thing the from iron. from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. You know that little floating. The beholder. The, yeah, the, the eye, the, it looks like a beholder from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. The rug from Big Lebowski. <laughs> yes. 
Eric Stoltz's role. These are all things we can actually buy, like, like the, 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 the Vigo painting from Ghostbusters yeah, yeah, yeah. 2. <laughs> but for me, it's got to be the M141A pulse rifle. Which you could have got. I could have got. It wasn't got. a comic on that year. I had that 600 bucks sitting aside. And I look online now, they're not selling them anymore. And yeah, yeah, all you yeah. can get are people who bought them to sell them like six times the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Stoltz. With over and under grenade launchers. I want Eric Stoltz's robe from uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so these are all prop things. But I mean, if there's a, maybe... Marky maybe, Mark's prosthetic dick in Boogie Nights. <laughs> <laughs> But what are actually movie objects like if that from the films that were like real? Is there anything like that you go for? Yeah, it's like I'd like a Star Trek phaser so we just set it on stun and just uh, boring people. I'd love fucking um, Han Solo's blaster from from the first Star Wars from because I really like that retro cool design. Well, it's, you know? it's based on a Luger or something, right? Yeah, it's got yeah. that, like front little kind of like ammo I, I, used, pouch or whatever. I used to have. I used to have that toy, you yeah. know, and it was my favorite fucking toy. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. I got lost in a move or something. Shit. Um, but yeah, the blaster with the sighting, you know, or uh, you know, <laughs> like uh, after watching the, you know, after watching the, the first Terminator, I just wanted a laser sighting. I just wanted a laser. Sight. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted something that could just. <laughs> um, Reprogram Terminator would be pretty cool. To do clean the dishes. <laughs> yeah. Jump on one foot. It's tough. It's tough. There's like, so many. Cool there's things. so many. There's so many cool things. The Rocketeer's backpack. The Rocketeer's. Oh, the Rocketeer's helmet. No, actually, the the helmet would be a cool thing to have on your shelf. You know, fucking one of the gold. Actually, no. When I saw the Rocketeer, what I really wanted was this fucking leather jacket that has that buttons either side of it. That kind of yeah, 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 yeah cool yeah, yeah. aviator thing. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another uh, Facebook message comes in from Jeff Zweig, who um, I don't know what the fuck is going on with him. He's doing this. He's posting haikus all the time. He says like, I challenge you to create movie haikus and recite them on the show. I think that's something we'll be doing for next week. Yeah. What's a haiku? A haiku is like a poet form. <laughs> I know, I know. So like, I, I know I've seen people do it. I just need it explained to explain. I me. think the format is it's got to be five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. Yeah, fuck that. We'll come up with something for next year. <laughs> okay, we'll come up with something. Follow the white rabbit. Save the world, Neo, dude. Whoa, Morpheus. Robots kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it live. <laughs> I saw it live. <laughs> if anyone says the word to me, poetry slam, I will punch them in the face. Yeah, well, anything can be slam poetry <laughs> if you say it like this. <laughs> What's that again? Parks and Recreation. Yeah. I've seen that line somewhere. It's that other great line, like, you know, Tom, you know Tom's, Tom is a foodie, which apparently means taking Instagrams of, of food instead of eating them. <laughs> Should we press on with our reviews? Yes, let's, let's start. So to finish with the chapter review, um, we'll start with Coherence. Yes. So, I'd heard about a lot about this movie. It's a little indie movie. A lot of it is improvised. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars people like, uh, I think it's Nicholas Brendan, right? That's, the, that's Xander from Buffy, right? I believe so. So it's directed by James Ward Brickett. Mm-hmm. Maury um, Stor- Sterling's in as well, who's been in shitloads of stuff. He looks like Nicholas Brendan as well. And it's a whole lot of other people. And the whole point is they're having a dinner party and it's all very improv and all this kind of crazy shit. And there's this whole thing about a comet. And the comet comes over and the power goes off. And only one house on the block has lights. Mm-hmm. And so two of the guys go to see if they can... These guys have a generator in the basement. Two guys go up to see what's going on in that house and while they sort out their generator there. And just weird things start happening. Like someone starts knocking on a door at one point and you look out and there's no one there. And they start seeing what look like other people. And it's kind of like... 
it looks like them kind of, mm -hmm. and there you don't know what's going on. It's it's very enjoyable. The improvisational thing I didn't realize it was improv. I just thought it was a wanky screenwriter, but actually it can get a bit annoying. There's a lot of sh people shouting over each other and stuff instead of just getting on with it. Mm -hmm. When they do find out what's going on, some of them go to a very dark place real quick. Mm -hmm. Once they find out what's ha actually happening, and some of them just go incredibly defensive mm -hmm. to the point of offensive. And which is doesn't feel like it would be necessary, mm -hmm. but it's a very clever sci-fi story. And if you, and I can't say that. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because you you, 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 just, you were saying this is the kind of movie that you can't really talk about. No, just it's very enjoyable and it has a nice kicker of an ending. Cool. So it gets good. I've, I've heard many people talk about it. I would suggest. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I I mean I I, sh I saw the trailer for this actually, and I have been interested to watch it because um, one of the actresses in it, Elizabeth Grayson, I directed her in War of the Worlds. Oh really? Yeah yeah yeah. No, she's crazy in this. She was um, she was Jennifer, like the female lead in the tank. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, so I got, I got the direct. <laughs> Shut that door. Awesome. Yeah, no, she's very nice. Yeah, yeah she's, she's very, very nice. She's very nice, and um, no, she's very cool as well. Very, very cool. She was also um, in, you know, from the Highlander series. Mm. She gets to play a bit of a hippy drippy in this, mm -hmm. um, but uh, no, it's, it's quite good. It's just, it's, it's, it's again, it's. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, think, I don't want to say predestination, but it's like it's one of those movies where it's not sci-fi, but it is sci-fi. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, there's no aliens, or it's not fucking Skylander and that shit. But it's just, there's a nice. It's a different bit of sci-fi. Yeah. In a similar way to Predestination, you know, Predestination looks normal. There's no, there's very little, you know, silver spacesuits or that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. It's just got a nice tone to it. So yeah, definitely watch that. Uh, I also saw Calvary, uh, which stars uh, Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson and Dom Dom Gleeson, his son. His son is in it at one point, but they try and hide that by giving him an awful fucking wig. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. It's the worst. Um, and. I told us the Hashem actually the way I explained it. The, the movie opens in the confessional. Yes. And um, Brendan Gleeson's sitting there. Yes. And there's a guy there and he doesn't say, he just, he doesn't say anything at first. But the priest doesn't say anything. It's, the camera's totally on the priest. Yes. And there's silence for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And then you just hear from the other side. I was, I was seven years old when I first tasted semen. It's a man's voice. <laughs> Excellent. And it just goes on from that. So he's been, this guy's been abused by the priesthood. Mm -hmm. And you know... I mean, that's how you fucking open a movie, right yeah. there. And then it goes on a bit, and he's like, and you know, Brendan Gleeson tries to, like, you know, have you, have you tried counseling? You know, he, he's not doing like a, it's not doing rogue. He's actually genuinely humanly dealing with this guy in a really good way, the best possible way you could possibly do it. Mm -hmm. And the guy keeps going on and on about stuff like the guy's dead, and you thought, you guys would only ever cover it up. So I thought the only thing I could do was, I could kill a bad priest, but that wouldn't do anything. But if I killed a good priest, I wouldn't have done anything. Mm -hmm. That would really shock them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kill your father. I'm not going to kill you now. Give you some time to sort your affairs. <laughs> Let's say next. How about next, how about Sunday week on the beach? Mm -hmm. All right, I'll kill you then. And that's then credits start. Very nice. So he's got a week. I got to see this. And yeah, I know it's get get ready reviews. It's by John Michael McDonough who wrote and directed it. Who also directed and wrote The Guard. Yes. I always get that mixed up with the other Brendan Gleeson film, The General. The General. <laughs> which was uh, done by John Borman. Yeah. <laughs> very, very different type of director. Mm. And um, it is very much a, the guard through a dark priestly mirror. Right. Um, the town is even weirder. Like, it's in Sligo somewhere. Um, I recognize one of the places, actually, in you know, I was went there for New Year's. And this takes place, like, in, like, rural Ireland? Yeah, very rural. Like, it's right on the coast. It's the west coast of Ireland. So there's a lot of walking down beaches with the wind blowing through his hair and his long cassock. Right, so right, just, right. Just, just, to, just give that guy a gun and put him in a... The priest! It'd be fucking awesome. Right. Brendan Gleeson is the anchor of this movie, and he's just brilliant, because he's not... The movie goes on, he wasn't, like... 
he's not gone into the priesthood from when he was young. Mm-hmm. He had a life and then became a, and then found his vocation in later life and elements of that crop up. Um, the, <laughs> it's interesting like Brendan Gleeson's sort of career of the last 10 years, he's kind of become, you know, like uh, a little bit of like, the, you know, like the Irish kind of Anthony Hopkins almost a little bit in, yeah. in the sense that when he, he does, he's getting a lot of the Hollywood stuff, but the Hollywood stuff that he does is real scenery chewing. Mad Eye Moody. Yeah, yeah, t- type of shit, which is the kind of thing that Anthony Hopkins did yeah. for quite a long time, you know, once he realized that not every role is going to be like Hannibal Lecter, yeah. you know, and then, you, and then he's, he seems to do a lot of these homegrown films to sort of wash all that off. I mean, it's got like, I mean, there's a lot of arts festivals in the other, it's got like huge plotters last year, it's a 2014 film. Um, uh, Aiden, no, I, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Aiden Gillen's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Littlefinger from uh, Game of Thrones. Yes, yeah, Playing it as I think it's his normal accent. Yep. Because it sounds fucking weird coming out of a guy who you hear always speaking English. Well, you don't quite realize uh, how many you know how many things Aiden Gillen is in. You know, because yeah. he's such a chameleon. Yeah. You know. I mean, in in the wire, he's like it's Blitz or Blitz, or whatever it was with uh, Jason Statham, the cop one with him. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. In that, he's fucking. He looks twenty-two in that. Yeah, yeah. And this, he's wearing his age. Where he's that sick fuck. Yeah. Well, he's. He plays sick fucks really well. Yeah, and he's this, just kind of got that. In face. this, like, there's a whole dialogue between him and the priest. Is like, because he's got to get the priest in for the last rites for somebody. And he's like, and they're having a smoke. He's having a smoke out afterwards. And he's a bit of a dick. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the people in the town, you know, it's it's modern Ireland, so the priesthood no longer holds sway, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, ah, you know, the old, the old, it's the old cliche, the atheist doctor and the and the priest walk into a bar, you know. The kind of const- people are constantly needling him. There's this whole thing about a woman turning up to mask with bruises and stuff like that. And it doesn't turn out the way he expected. And he's just doing his normal life. And M. Emmett Walsh is in it from Blade Runner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a cranky fucking American author living there working on his books and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's really cool. Dylan Moran's in it as like the face of the Irish crash. Yeah. Like at one point, he's, he doesn't care about anything. His wife and family have left him. He's got shitloads of money. He's like, I'd like to donate some money. Why? Just would. I don't feel guilt. I just think I should do something about it. Mm-hmm. Like, see this painting. This painting costs millions. What this? You know, you know the typical Dylan Moore way. Yeah. He's got the long hair. He's all short. He's in a really nice suit. Yeah. He's like, I'm just pissing this painting. Why just pissing? I'm gonna piss in this. He's pissing the painting. <laughs> and the British is like, Are you done? You know, it's just like it's 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 a weird fucking town. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Um, one of the guys, Pat Short, who used to be in Dunbelievables. He was the Eyeshot JR guy. Yeah. From, yeah. 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 Uh, Father Ted. Father he Ted, runs the yeah. bar, and it's just. And he deals with all this shit and you're figuring out, is he going to run? Um, who's the other guy? There's another guy who plays his bishop who I've seen do comedy back in Ireland back in the day. I can't remember his name now. I was like, I was look, it was driving me mad for looking at it for ages. I was like, I know that guy. And so it's got a lot of comics playing non-comic roles, yeah. which is really, really interesting to do. Um, is he going to run? Is he going to get the cops? Um, what's he going to do? Mm. And it's a really interesting. And Chris O'Dowd's in as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Playing a real... Like subhuman butcher motherfucker who you know is just an asshole. Mm. He's great in it as well. Um, it's really really good. It really sticks with you afterwards. I won't tell you the ending obviously, uh, but it's really really good. I highly recommend it. Very much. Very good. Five stars. Cool. Yeah. Fuck. Here we go. Cinderella. <laughs> I think basically from from what I've heard is that if you've seen the cartoon, you don't need. To from see what you heard like an hour ago. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that. Oh really? You're, but you are the first person to say it in a negative way. Well, I mean, it's part of this whole, you know, Disney revisiting their old stuff, right? So yeah. we had, I didn't look this up. Alice in Wonderland. We've had Alice in Wonderland, which yeah. the, the reason there was a new lick of paint. Yeah. Uh, but also, that was a, that was almost a sequel. Yeah. yeah. And Maleficent was a prequel, and an examiner character would know, it was just sketched in the movie. Yeah. Um, Oz the Great and Powerful was a prequel as well, and also a digital lick of paint. Yes. Uh, this is just literally the story of Cinderella. 
It's played incredibly straight. Mm-hmm. Um, there's little things like she has little mice she talks to called Gus, Gus and Jack, which are actually the names of the mice in the 1950s original. Yeah. Only in that they kind of talk and wear clothes. And this they do little, have little slightly human characteristics, but they're not the minions from Zabiko. Yeah. You know, they're very, 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 very light comedic. I mean, what, what, uh, from what I can gather from the reviews that the film has been getting is that, yes, it is a very, very faithful... Incredibly. Incredibly faithful film. But having said that, it's such... It's been so. It's it's so rare to get such an uncynical film mm. that it's a lot of people seem to be seeing you know taking it as a as a breath of fresh air because mm. it's just so refreshing to see something that is so full of. I mean, this is like what I've heard. Yeah. I haven't seen it, you know, but like just so full of joy, so unironic, and just so uncynical. Mm. But they don't really add anything to it. All they really add is like so. Uh, Richard Madden, who was. Um Rob Stark, Rob Stark and Game of Thrones. Yeah. He's in it. He gets to just... I mean, they had a little bit with regard to... There's a bit of palace intrigue there. His dad is um, uh, Derek Jacobi. Yes. Like, the cast is amazing. Like, Ben Chaplin is... Uh, uh, Cinderella's, Cinderella's dad. dad. And Hayley Atwell from Agents of, uh, Agent Carter yeah. is... And Captain America is the mom for a brief bit. I'm incredibly blonde. I was looking at her going like, this is... There's something about this woman I know, but... She's so blonde. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, they had a bit of palace intrigue there mm-hmm. in that he has to marry and they're all getting to marry for uh, strategic relevance because they're a small country. Yes. Uh, and it's got this kind of, it's, it's set like just bef- like early, like late 1800s, maybe early 1900s kind of. There's no cars and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's played incredibly straight and I, I don't see, I mean, that's one thing if you're an adult and wants a bit of whimsy. Yeah. I mean, Lily James suffers through a lot because her mother's last words to her are have courage and be kind. Yes. And as a result, it's almost 50 shades of grey worth of suffering before she stands up for herself. Yes. And it's kind of annoying to watch that. You can see her, get, she, the one time she does try to away, run away is when she meets the prince. Yes. Um, who doesn't introduce himself as a prince, first of all. Yeah. Stuff. Um, but it's just, Cause, it's, cause, young, cause kids, the, young kids will get bored. They'll be waiting for the mice to turn up again. Yeah. Uh, maybe between, maybe might go for it. But adults, it doesn't have, the dialogue doesn't sing. Mm-hmm. It's very pedestrian, mm-hmm. so the, the adults will not be entertained as far as I can, as far as, as far as I can tell. I wasn't massively entertained. This they haven't done this big CGI thing. Mm-hmm. When Helen the bottom character arrives, she lights up the fucking movie and then she's gone. She's basically playing like the fairy godmother, the legally blonde fairy godmother. Right. And it's funny and it's great and that's fantastic. And then she's gone from the movie completely. Kate Blanchett is boo hiss evil in this. It's really, she's really really good in it. She does a laugh. Yeah. That when you hear this laugh you'll want to tear your ears off. <laughs> and like, the first time she does it, it's just a natural laugh. It's just, they're at a party and she just laughs normally. And when you hear that, they do actually build her up a lot. The evil, the wicked stepmother, she's not a boo hiss baddie from the start. They do give her a lot more. Like, it's all down to how her life has treated her so badly. Right. But then she just slowly but surely, like, just starts dropping biscuits on the counter, on the floor, and then like looking at Ella, and she slowly but surely moves her from member of the household to servant to the household mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's just that's, that first half is really depressing <laughs> <laughs> it's like fuck um, and then you know the slipper all that kind of stuff it's all the beats are there um, Kate Blanchett is genuinely great in this um, uh, what's his name Stellan Skarsgård turns up as well who's also boo his bad guy but it's just didn't I mean I can understand there's ways to revision things like that, but you have to stand on the shoulders of giants these days you know what I mean so you just don't understand, if you're going to be that faithful, what's the point? Mm. If you're not going to bring anything new to like the Like, it's not faithful to the 1950s original, it's faithful to the tale. Yeah. Like, to the point of, like, ridiculousness, you know what I mean? And right. from, I expected a little bit more from Kenneth Branagh. Like, even if it was the, if it was more stagey, mm-hmm. like, even if it was more actorly or something like that, it might 
be better. I mean, Lily, Lily, Lily James and um, what's it, Richard M. Madden, they're fine, but like they're just so you know, there's only so much you can look at them being enamored with each other and him grinning like a loon. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it, it's, it's, I really was just felt like, why did you even bother? But it's, it's so funny, like you know, like oh, uh, for, you know, like uh, you know, uh, what you're saying about it, because it's really weird. I haven't seen. I mean, I never yeah. saw the cartoon. Really? So yeah, I mean, it was just one of those. Oh, someone says Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo at one point. That works. Well. You know, it's like there was just it was just one of those Disney films that for me just fell through the cracks. I just did like like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. I never saw them. Mm. I, just, I, I, think I, I, just, I think the first movie I ever saw in the cinema was the re-release of Snow White. Yeah, I like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen Snow White, but I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen Sleeping Beauty and I haven't seen Cinderella, so mm. I, I'm probably not going to have the same kind of hang-ups because I won't know how yeah. faithful it's being. But, but would you would you go see Cinderella? Well, I'm probably going to have to go see Cinderella because I I, I, uh, I kind of go see everything Branna does and. Yeah. Um, and the wife wants to see it, but the interesting thing is that the wife. Oh, saw the dresses it. are amazing. Well, the thing is, is that the wife saw it, and and. So trailer. She saw the trailer, and she's like, "Oh, they've actually done like a, like a like like, you know, like a proper remake. Mm. Uh, I want to see it. You know, it's like the fact that it looks exactly like the cartoon was mm. a selling point. Mm. So, I, I mean, we're clearly not the target audience. No, but then know? again, I fucking love Frozen. Yeah, well, that's different. Yeah. That's different. But it's, you know, that would be stereotypically a movie. I, there's plenty of chick flicks I like. like. There's no songs in this, right? No. They might have actually even the, the mood of it. Um, oh, there's a feature attached. There's a, there's a, a short attached Frozen Fever. Oh, yeah? It's dog shit. It's, like it, it's, got none, it's got all the voices, all that kind of shit. There's a few songs, but it's just like... It's a pointless thing. I mean, the fact that they're attaching this to Cinderella makes me think that they know that Cinderella. I was I was talking to a couple of voice talents while I was <laughs> directing someone during the week, and the subject of Frozen came up. Yeah. And they were just they were just like they just went off. Really? They were just like that's the fucking problem with Disney, you know? Like they come up with something that's good, and then they just milk it. They hammer your head they, with it until you hate it. Yeah. I hate Frozen now. It's like I used to like Josh Gad. Now I hate that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but, they didn't say fucker. I'm, I'm adding that stuff in. Yeah, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a lot of four-letter words in there. But. Yeah. Well, you're all, you're all worried about that now since you got feedback. Hmm? You get all worried about that now since you got feedback. Hell no. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I agree. I mean, it. I started. You know, I was the one who basically started it because I just love taking every opportunity to just tell people that I haven't seen Frozen. You know, and that um, at this stage you probably hate it. I mean, Amelia Chen from Geeks in Malaysia watched it and. By the point, by, by that point, the Juno effect had kicked in, mm-hmm. where everyone tells you it's so good, you watch it and you're pissed off because mm-hmm. it doesn't live up to the uh, standards. No, but the reasons I don't want to see it have nothing to do with people telling me how good it is. I'm just, I, you know, I'm so sick to death of those songs, hmm. you know, and I just, I, you know, I, I hear whenever I Got hear it. like, you know, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Sorry. You're Sorry. Right. You're right. You're right. No, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I, I had, I had the perfect. I you're right. You're right. I had no, but I think Frozen was one of the first movies I got to see on the press screening, and that had the perfect. Like that was the perfect entry to that movie because I went in and I'd already, I think I'd already written down expected four out of ten stars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's yeah. why because that's uh, the reviews I write for Starburst. They do have expected and actual, mm-hmm. and that one was very much a four or five star or six max. Right. And when I came out, I was like fucking nine. <laughs> Hello. So yeah. So moving on to Chappie. Chappie, our movie of the week. Yes. Uh, yeah. Did you see this as well? What did you think? She had issues. Let's get Trina's hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's the wife. That's the wife. And that's been the hot minute with Trina Tan. Yeah. You tell it. 
Okay. So set up first of all. So. Yeah. And so in the in the near future, um, in Johannesburg, the police force is made up of, ba- of uh, super-powered robot law enforcers called Scouts. Yeah. Uh, not, not at all unlike Robocops. Not at all like the robots that were in Elysium and yeah. the robots that were... There was, no ro- and in, there was no robots in District 9. No, they were sort of like robotics type of stuff, but yeah. you know, not, not full-on robots. No. Uh, but, you know, the scouts are getting the job done, uh, crime is down, there's hardly any human police police officers on, on the street now. Um, they've proven to be highly efficient on the ground, just yeah. uh, getting rid of like all of the... As Anderson Cooper tells us. Yes. Anderson Cooper, the movie starts with a lot of fan footage and a lot of like, uh, not fan footage, but you know, a lot of very kind of news footage style yes, stuff. Yes, which has uh, now kind of become the Neil Blomkamp sort of um, standard look. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's the first thing that hits you about, about Chappie is that it looks like his other two films. Yeah. You know, it opens in a very similar... Oh, it's very much. I mean, he's, his visual style yes. is very strong. He's got it's a, very cool. He's got a very strong visual style. And it is that does cool. trip him up later when they show library footage of a car plant and then they show the same machines but they're CGI yeah. and they're super clear it's like yeah yeah it didn't match yeah but anywho um, and so the inventor of the scouts uh, Dion Wilson played by uh, Dev Patel he, he's um, Dave Patel Dave <laughs> Patel <laughs> Ravidam Patel um, he's uh, come up with this new program chip that uh, can give one can give a scout the ability to think and feel. Well, no, it's just the, it's just, it, the program is consciousness. Yes, consciousness. Yes. Dot that. Yes, yes. And they, they kind of skimp on that. But I mean, but the, the, that comes in. Yeah. But first, it really is. First of all, we see the robots in action against Hippo and his gang. Hippo, that guy Hippo. Yeah. He was one of Shelto Copley's henchmen in Elysium. Mm-hmm. And with those little dready bobs looks. looks he looks like he's in Gears of War. You know that yeah. Gears of War video game yeah, where those yeah, guys yeah, are yeah. twice as wide as they yeah. are tall? Yeah. He, yeah. Jesus Christ, he's ripped! Yes, he looks badass. And he's a badass, and they fucked up a drug deal, and yeah. the scouts attack, and they got to pay the, a crazy... The, 20 million? The, yeah, 20 million. Like, the they that you're referring to is... Uh, the Antwerp. The Antwerp, which is a, a South African uh, rap group. Rap rave group. Rap rave group, excuse me. Um, Were you aware of them before this? Uh, no. Because, okay, we'll, be, we'll talk about that in a bit, because I... My, friend David sent me some clips and I said, hey, some clips. We were like, when they first came out with Enter the Ninja, mm-hmm. we were like, would you look at the state of these motherfuckers? Like, the first video is laugh out loud funny. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure it's intentional. Yeah. But then when they do things like, I think you're freaky, mm-hmm. but they're kind of, it's very Aphex Twin. Yeah. So, they're fucked. They've got Dayglow machine guns. Yes. Yes. And they listen to their own music. Like, yes. I looked at the press notes. The way they, because it's a bit jarring to see them they're playing Ninja and Yolandi, which is their onstage personas. Yes. And they're called Ninja on Yolandi. And there's Zeph everywhere, which is their kind of ethos. Yes. Spray painted everywhere. Yes. And the Antwerp's music blares from their speakers all the time. Yes. What they've said is, it's a version of them if this came to pass and they, their music career didn't work out. Yes. So that made it better, but it's a bit jarring at first if you, if you know about them. If you don't know about them, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um... So, so yeah, uh, they get a stupid plan. Yes, they have one of the most stupid plans in the history of stupid plans. They basically, because they owe this guy twenty million bucks, they decide that they need to do a heist. And in order to do the heist, uh, without without getting into interference from the cops or from the scouts, they are going to find the guy who invented the scouts and get the remote and get the remote. Yes, it's like with the remote to turn off a TV. Well, yes, turn off the TV. They must have a remote. Turn off the remotes and. Dumb as fuck! Dumb as fuck, that's their plan. And all these coincidences line up so that when they can kidnap him, he has his AI program and he's also stolen a yes. broken, broken ass down scout, Yes. 22. Scout he just happens to have stolen it because Sigourney Weaver told him he couldn't try out his pet project. Yeah, and because he saw like an inspirational poster on his wall or some shit, 
Uh, he's like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna go and commit commit a crime and yeah. steal this fucking robot. Also, he should probably have a corner office, considering he wrote the AI software that runs the cops. He's of a shitty cubicle. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then and then in the meantime, there's Hugh Jackman, who who uh, is um, pissed off because his let's just call it his Ed 209. Project. Yeah, the moose. The moose. It's Ed 209. Yeah. Everything about it is Ed 209. His. But it solves the problem with stairs. Yes. Because it, it can fly. It can fly. Yes. Um, and he is dislikable and horrible from the off. He is not a character. He's a cartoon. Like, there's nothing is ever given to why he actually wants the moose to succeed. It's not like it was some trauma from when he was in the war or some shit like that. Yeah, he's, just, like, he's just pissed off because Dev Patel is ahead of the game. Yeah. That's it. That's pretty much it. And he also, he has a fucking sidearm on his hip at in the office. Time, I mean, HR would definitely have something to say about that. Yeah, like there's this one bit that involves the, the, the sidearm with Dev Patel. And the way that that goes on... There's like... That guy's fired. Yeah, you're fired. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Even if it was a prank, yeah. you're still fired. He's the, he is uber asshole. Yes. So either, anyway... However, he is have. However, Jackman's having an amazing time. Yes. That is very clear. So, um, either way, Dion's AI program gets into Scout 22 and it comes alive because he says, there's no off switch. Yes. All we can do is load my program in and then it, you can train it. Yeah. That's the only thing you can do because all the other scouts are protected. You can't turn them off. It's like raising a kid. And it, is, it, it, it won't know anything. So at first, it just comes to life and it's scared of them. Yeah. So, so you, they it, have to train them. Yeah, it's got to, you got, you basically, it's like, it's like raising a kid. Yeah. Um, and that robot becomes Chappie. Yeah. And uh, that is a great scene where Yolandi says, Oh, it's Chappie. You're okay. You're a little Chappie. Oh, this is his name, Chappie. And the Empress, the, the, no, the no, no, like, no, 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 no. And then like, I think Ninja pulls a gun. It's like, okay, okay. So Chappie learns, and he's torn between his father. Or they call him Mummy and Daddy. Yeah. Which is uh, Ninja is the daddy who is trying to get him ready to commit this crime. Yes. Try to trick because Dion Patel. He does take things in. He takes Dion like tells him like you know go. You know you can't you can't you can't kill donkey crimes. You can't crimes. kill people. Yeah. You can't rob people. He's trying to inspire his AI to be the he, best thing. He's trying to right. basically you're caught between two parents. One who's trying to raise you the right way, and the other one the other pair that are, a shithead. who are just trying to raise you to take care of their own problems. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I have noticed that there's a lot of negative energy about this film. Oh, it's Marmite. Like a you lot either of, love it or you hate it. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. I, I mean, I have issues Those with it. Those circumstances? Yeah, I have issues I, too. I have issues with it, but I enjoyed it, you know. I enjoyed it more than I did Elysium, mm -hmm. and, um, and I didn't hate Elysium. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's essentially a fairy tale. Yeah. You know, it's an R-rated sci-fi fairy tale, and that's always tricky. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, the, the, the big thing is that no, the, when people said like oh my god you're so great for working apartheid into your movie in District 9 he was like no that's that's South Africa I would make an action movie he yeah. always frames it as an action movie yes. he, he said it, he said in interviews Neil Blomkamp said in interviews he fucked up with Elysium yeah. because he got so enamored with the concept of a ring above with the rich and the poor below that he didn't spend much time on the story yeah. he didn't learn that lesson during the making of Chappie no not really I mean there's you can tell that there's um, there's an intention to introduce some really big ideas uh, especially in the third act yes we can't talk about it much but the train it takes a 90 degree turn at the third act but it's very very surface level yeah. um, and, and none of it will work if Chappie was annoying yes I so mean, I, I had to check I, I got the press notes so the press notes do say Charlotte Copley and I talked to the distributor. She said as well, Charlotte Copley was on set. Yeah, in a full yeah gray yeah. shit, and, and it shows. And it shows. Oh, it shows because the, the physicality is amazing. Yes, like when he touches them and 
they, apparently they put a, a chest plate on because Chappie's chest is quite he's quite barrel chested mm-hmm. so that he would move and there's a point where he's Chappie's walking along and he, he gets out of the way of a board yeah and it's like little moments like that like really like it, it's not a puppet because Blomkamp's robots they're like you could do them in puppets because yeah. they're all empty space yeah you could not fit a man in a suit in it or get a shortcut yeah. with no head yeah but uh it re- he really works and it, there's so much he gets so much emotion out of two rabbit ears and two bars yeah two bars one for the eyebrows and one for the mouth almost yeah no I I think you know the it's the the main reason I liked the film was because of Chappie yeah you know he's the best thing in it like everything about it the, the design the effects work the mocap Shelter Copley's performance it's it's Andy it's Andy Circus level yes. level level type shit very much so and it saves the film yeah it saves the film I have no idea what Sigourney Weaver's in this movie for no she's completely wasted it, I mean you could really get so many other actresses I mean like you know no knock on her but you know you want to, if you're gonna get Sigourney Weaver in your movie I think you should use her a little bit yeah but and it's also also her character must make sense she shuts yeah, the, she, sh- like, she shuts down Dev Patel she says the the whole movie um ch- you know holding Hugh Jackman back and then she's easily fucking convinced yeah. at the end yeah because the plot requires it no characters sort of flip flop like nothing you yeah know? um and the, they, you know, Dev the, Patel, the, ca- the characters are paper thin uh, Dev Patel gets a really like he's always he's either hopped up on Red Bull also. He, he creates like artificial intelligence on a Red Bull coding dinge. Yeah. Like they don't even go into that. The fact that Chappie should learn, I mean, AI would learn exponentially. If you haven't watched Person of Interest, there's a great scene in that where it, they flash back to when um, Finch tries to create the AI, first of all. Yeah. And there's like 37 variants. And the first one's like, as soon as he creates an AI, it tries to get on the internet and destroy humanity. So he learns fast when he needs to. He doesn't learn fast when he doesn't need to. You know that yeah. kind of stuff? He gets on the internet, but he still doesn't become super aware kind of thing. So they kind of, they fudge the AI aspect of it yeah. a lot. No, I mean, like, personally, I, I did, I got swept up, I got swept up in it. You know, I mean, like, I have, you know, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I, it's this kind of film. Yeah. Um, you got to ignore certain things. You know, there are certain, you know, lot, you know, Questions of logic that are in there that it's like you just just okay don't even once those first coincidences are out of the way it's not so bad but those yeah. first coincidences are a lot of coincidences for your story to happen yeah I mean my my big problem with it is that I just did not like Ninja and, oh really and Yolandi I just did not like them really yeah because I came away the different way I thought actually I thought because Ninja ran a really nice line between being you wanted to fucking you hated his guts but you actually he was able to you know keep it so that you actually felt for him later. Yeah. You didn't like that at all? No, it's like, you know, I saw what they were doing with it, and for some bizarre reason, I just, I just didn't... I mean, he looks like a cartoon. Was it the look of him? Was it, the look of him is very off-putting. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't put my finger on what it is. It's, you know, it's, I wouldn't even say... It's not even a bad performance. I just, for some bizarre reason, I just didn't connect. Just I, really, didn't... I, re- I really thought himself and Yolandi did a really good job. I thought they were... I mean, they're playing versions of themselves, admittedly, but for the non-actors, they were great, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know... I, I don't know what it is. It just it just left just, me you know left me left me cold. Just haircut. Just left me cold. Just and um, you know again Sigourney Weaver. Um, I did not like the ending at all. Oh, the whole the thing they introduced. The, the, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. The, to me, it just it, it felt it, tacked it, on. It could have ended in such a better way, in mm. such a more meaningful and. And, and they uh, set it up that way. And yes. they don't pay off because the beginning yes. of the movie talks they, they have they, talking they, heads they, talking about. We did not realize what Chappie would mean for humanity and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. they don't pay off on they that at all. They don't pay off at all. At all. That's yeah. another thing. You know, so it's very much... Now, I was talking to this, the distributor and they said they've seen several cuts and she was worried as fuck. Because she was... like The distributor usually hangs around outside or the the, the, one, the woman from the um, distribution company. She just hangs around outside afterwards and sometimes she's like people, sometimes she won't. 
different. We got I got multiple ones for the multiple movies. She was in the cinema and asking people like, "How was it? Did you were you aware of these guys before this the Antford group?" Like, I was aware of them. I was like, well, she's like, because I wasn't, and we've seen the, we've seen like three cuts already because they, they they generally show the cuts to the distributors first to see how it's going to play in the different regions, and they said like earlier cuts were way more their music apparently. Mm. Um, but also, she was. They were. They were saying we had to. I mean, we had to go for the highest rating because there was no cuts they could make. Because Ninja has a tattoo of a little baby with a heart on, yeah. <laughs> and there's dicks all over the walls and stuff like that, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like the violence as well. When that third act action scene kicks in, it's fucking badass. Yeah, like the moose is a fucking cool machine. Yeah, and there's there's some slow mo there when Chappie's jumping out. When when Chappie decides what he's gonna do, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I put it. I, but also, did you notice the Hans Zimmer? Yes, I looked it up. I was waiting for the credits. Like, ah, there he is, because the most touching moments, and they are genuinely touching moments. Yeah, when he's playing with the dog. Yeah, and when those. No, there's some. There's some really like. Uh, there's some really nice moments. There's mm. some really. Uh, there's some parts in the film where you can see it's trying to be about something. It's trying yeah. to tell you something, and that's something that I admire in Neil Blomkamp as a filmmaker yeah. is that he has really good ideas. Yeah, and he does. In you know, his intention is to actually. But as he says himself, he gets involved with the concepts. Yeah. Like adding that, that the third act in the introduction, that thing did not need to be introduced. Yeah. Could it? I mean, it, it's it's pitches short circuit meets Robocop. Yeah. And it's not that because Chappie doesn't turn up for like half an hour. Yeah. It's a quite a long while before you even get Chappie. Yeah. And after that, I mean, the screening I was at, did people find it funny? Yes. Yeah, people find it, it's it is genuinely funny where. When the robot is like brushing his like with his thumb, you know, gangster style, rubbing his non-existent nose, yeah. and just like wearing a hustler fucking keychain and yeah. stealing cars. What'd you do about his car? Yeah. <laughs> it's genuinely funny. Yeah, you know, and he's incre- it's incredibly cute. It's you know very expressive with so little. Yeah, but then again, Yolandi wears a chappy T-shirt in the third act. Yeah, and they're wearing the Edward gear. So it's like what? Yeah, I think Neil Blomkamp is coming. I mean, I, I had a Twitter conversation with somebody who was like. I'm really hoping they, they they said I really hope I like Chappie because otherwise I'll have to just strike off his whole camp his whole um, career as the best thing he did was when he had Peter Jackson looking over his shoulder. Yeah, and it does seem to be that Neil Blomkamp does need slight reining in a bit. Yeah, I mean his his visuals are without touch. Yeah. Like the moose looks great, the way it works and everything like that. The whole fucking everything that goes on there, the look of the movie is great. Yeah. But the story needs a bit more work they yeah. could have finished off the Chappie story they could have introduced the other story a little earlier mm-hmm. they did kind of foreshadow a little bit with the Playstations yeah um, but yeah it's a very it's a, it's a, it's destined to be a cult movie it's a weird film yeah you know and I, like I said I enjoyed it. It, it as far as I'm concerned I came out of it thinking it's a, bit, it's a bit gonzo a little bit yeah like some parts of it are just bizarre uh, but having said that I you know it is the movie the trailers were selling yeah but it's so, not the movie the posters are selling because the posters yeah. I got they gave me two posters and I was looking for like this is a movie that just cries out for a beautiful Wally style poster the one you got me yeah where yeah. Wally's looking up yeah, yeah. It, it's calling out for one of those all the posters have um, not Wally Chappie holding a machine gun with the moose in the background explosions and yeah. Dave Patel and uh, yeah. Yeah, Hugh Jackman yeah and they're fucking awful Photoshop jobs yeah they're whereas, really bad whereas the the poster that I like is the one where he's sort of like drawing his name on the wall and oh just reading up yeah, yeah. You know, I think that sells the movie a lot better yeah it's yeah. a very it's a, it's just very interesting yeah. like I had issues with it but I enjoyed it you know I mean I, I enjoyed it I don't understand why some people like some people are really harsh about it yeah like really harsh like this is the worst movie I've seen it's like come on What's what, what I said in my review for Nerdspan is that by the time they introduce that third act thing you're either with it or you've already checked out yeah and 
I was with it. Like I was, it was genuinely touched by Lutzi. Yeah, no, I was too. I want a chappy action figure. I, I do too. <laughs> I also want the moose. The moose. I mean, this was it is a, a two nine, but it's be, it's a better at two nine than the Robocop remake made. Yeah. Weird so, movie. So yeah, yeah. But I, re- I really like I really like the advert in it. I thought they were cool, and the music didn't get. They did scale the music. As I said, I've heard they scaled the music back a bit. It didn't hurt the movie. No, it didn't. Because it, it suits that high action thing, and that last action scene is great. Yeah. But yeah, that was Chappy. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, if you disagree with us or agree with us on any of these movies, you can email us at podcast and up my fries. By the way, if you got this far, it would be really helpful if you go to the if you go to iTunes. If you listen to us on iTunes, go to iTunes and give us a rating. That helps us get up on the charts and that helps people find us as well. So thanks a lot for that. And the magic word for this week's show, if you listened all the way through, is Glenfiddich. Okay. Thanks for listening. All right.